and so we're thankful anybody ready to hear the heart of God the word of God from my friend our friend Pastor Tim Dunn clap your hands make him feel welcome as he comes Pastor Tim Dunn come preach the word of God to us we love you you're at home here Amen. Well, it is a true honor to be here with you. Um, I uh, was sitting there thinking that uh, my church is a whole lot better off than you guys are with us switching. (laughs) I'm excited that your pastor is at Life City and he's ministering there and preaching there. And um, it's just an honor to be with you. I love your pastor. I love your assistant pastor, uh, the Adams. We love these people. They are our friends. And uh, I appreciate who they are, not just in ministry, but in life. Amen. It's not just what they say with the microphone in their hand, but it's how they live. And uh, that's where the real fruit is. That's where the real fruit shows up. And I appreciate that. And uh, I value their friendships. It's also good to have my friend Stace Caswell from Life City Church with me this morning. Amen. I appreciate him. God has brought him into my life, into our church for a purpose, for a reason. He is a man of faith, and I honor him today. And um, today, all I hope to do is just share my heart with you. That's that's all I hope to do. You are going to hear... Uh, very similar things. I'm not going to shatter your mind with anything that you haven't heard from the Word of God today. So, so if you're waiting for some profound thing, um, I'm the wrong dude. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to tell you what God put on my heart. Amen? Amen. So, while you're standing, let's jump into Matthew, Matthew chapter 25. And we'll read, and then I'll let you be seated. Matthew 25, and we'll start with verse 35. Jesus is talking here, and he says, For I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me in prison. You came unto me when I was in prison. Then the righteous, then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and took you in, or naked and clothed you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and came unto you? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, and as much as you have done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. Amen. Why don't we pray and then I'll let and then we'll be seated. Lord, we love you. We honor you today. We ask you to speak to us through your word. Lord, let what you have put on my heart be spoken here today, be received with hearts of gladness. We love you and we thank you today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Amen. It was beautiful to watch. You worship. Thank you. Uh, I was talking. Stace and I were looking around, and it was. It's amazing when you start witnessing the body ministering to the body. 
Amen. That was a beautiful, beautiful thing to behold, and thank you for creating that environment. Um, I know it's not just up to the worship team to create that environment. Um, they help lead us into those, and they did an incredible job today leading us into that. Amen. But you, uh, you have the choice to respond. You can sit there, uh, like my dad would say, like a bump on a log, uh, or you can respond, and you responded today, and I think God's going to honor that. And we were singing about miracles, and I believe miracles have already been, have already taken place in this house today. I really believe that. Amen. And so, um, as we get started this morning, I want to tell you about three conversations I've had with God over the last several months. Um, and as I get, as I jump in here, I'll tell you a, a quick second about Life City. Life City Church, we're uh, seven years old, and um, God has been working. He's been moving in, in great ways in our midst, in our city. Um, God is drawing people of every walk of life, and that's the beautiful thing. He is drawing people from every walk of life, and um, he is bringing people that uh, have never been a part of a church before or been a part of uh, different denominal churches or uh, different religious groups or all kinds of, uh, of, of backgrounds. And I believe that's when a church is at its healthiest. Amen. And so um, that's what God's been doing for seven years, and he, he's been just working in our midst. And, and so in, um, we've been leasing a, a small building uh, there in Weatherford, for several years now, and um, we're outgrowing it. It's a good problem, but a problem. Um, and so we're outgrowing it. Our, uh, we've had, uh, yeah, absolutely. We've had uh, portable buildings donated to us, and we've bought portable buildings for our children, our kids' city, our children's ministry, and our youth ministry, and um, we've had celebrate recovery classes and those, and we just, we're maximizing every square foot and square inch, and we're to that point where we're looking at having two services. Again, it's a good problem, but nonetheless a problem. And so um, God led us in 2021, in January of 2021, we closed on three and a half acres there right in the heart of, of Weatherford, right off the interstate. And, um, and that was a God thing in and of itself. That deal literally died three times, and God resurrected it. I mean, just completely was dead in the water. We were like, all right, we're out. And, uh, but God said, no, not quite yet. And so just incredible things happened. We bought it, and um, it was just an unbelievable thing. We were able to put 30% down on the land, and so we, we borrowed a little over $280,000, and when you're a, a smaller church, a church plant that's growing, um, you go to the bank and like, hey, you know, will you give us $280,000? A lot of bank will, they, they'll laugh at you. <laughs> and, uh, but God went before us like he does. And um, he set the scene. And uh, the bank just, just helped us out. And there's more to that story, but I don't want to take that much time um, but so we closed in January of 21, and for uh, up until this point, we've just been paying that. And so in October, um, well, actually in 
late July, God began to speak to me and God began to move on me about starting a campaign to pay our land off. Well, um, you probably know this, but God speaks to your pastor. I'm sure you know that. Uh, um, you're like, whew, I'm glad I picked the right church. <laughs> you did, you did, you did, good choice. Um, and so he called me out of the blue, and he's like, hey, he said, what, what's God been telling you? I'm like, obviously, if you're calling, he's already told you, so you tell me. Um, but it didn't work out that way. He didn't tell me. And so I was telling him what God was doing and about where I was getting ready to cast a vision. And it's weird to cast a vision in September, but it was just what we did. And um, end of September, we ca- I said, I'm going to cast a vision, and, and then we're going to start a campaign in October. He goes, great, this is what we're going to do. You're going to come to my church, and I'm going to go to your church. And I just, yes, sir. Okay. I didn't ask any questions. I said, yes, sir. Okay. And so... Um, uh, that's why I'm here. So uh, you can blame it on your pastor. <laughs> Amen. And the thing is this, as you well know, God has already spoken prophetically. God went before us and he began to speak. He began to show things. We be, people in, the, in Life City began to see things. And I believe uh, that's going to happen. That will happen. And we receive that. Um, and you're a part of that. I mean, because this is the deal. This is the deal. This church, because of your leadership, understands that what you're doing is bigger than you. Amen. It's, it's, it's bigger than Northgate. It's bigger than Fort Worth and Weatherford and Northridge and Hills. This is an eternal thing. Amen. This is a kingdom thing is what's happening here. And, and, whether it's your time, talent, or treasure, you'll never go wrong investing those things in kingdom things. Amen. And so um, what you are doing today by reaching out and ministering and, and, and walking in liberty and, and praying for people, you are investing in a kingdom move of God. Okay, so we don't need to devalue what God was doing here because this is, that's, that's the kingdom of God. That's how a church should operate. Amen? Amen. All right. I know you know that. I'm just saying that. I, I know you know that. Amen. So as I start today, it's a little bit about Life City Church. We went there, um, my wife and me and my two little girls. They were real little at that point. Now they're 11 and 9, which is nuts. How does that happen? I know. Is that crazy? Um, 11 and 9, my 11-year-old thinks she's 13, tries to act 13, and that's just the stupidest thing ever. Um, pardon my French. I hate that junk, man. That's just the dumbest thing. I want her to still call her fingers memers. You know, you remember those things? Like you get all these dumb memories on Facebook? Okay, I'm chasing squirrels here. Um, it just, it wrecks me. As a dad of a girl, it wrecks me. You know, and, um, and so um, I'm, I'm just a country boy, okay? I'm not sophisticated, and I'm not, I'm just a country boy. Um, and so it just, it, pardon if, you know, I just, you're going to get me. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Amen. My church expects it. You're like, yeah, it's going to be a, a sucker punch, but um, amen. <laughs> amen. All right, so um, 
conversations that God and I, over the last several months, since mid-summer, there's been three conversations that I've had with God. And, they've, and, and so, um, as I was praying one day, a question began to rattle around in my noggin and in my spirit. And at first, I thought it was a question that God needed to answer. It was then I realized, after seeking God in that, I realized it wasn't a question for God. It was a question from God. And, um, and that question was received a little bit like what you're going to see here. What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No. That's how it went. Pretty much that's how it went. <laughs> For weeks that's how it went. Um, not sure which one was Jack and which one was Barbosa, but I was one of those. Um, but um, pardon the carnality. Uh, but that's, that's how... That's how uh, that conversation was going. And so as, I, as, as that what you, are you doing question began to roll around, I, I felt like we were doing ministry. And so I began to tell God all of the things we were doing. We're having Bible studies. We're having small groups. And we're, we're, doing, um, we're having baptisms. And we're doing this. And I began to name off all these ministries and all these things we were doing. And it just didn't seem to satisfy that wasn't the answer that he was looking for. That's when the question changed. And the next question was, where are you going? And I had no answer for that either, uh, at least not a good one. And so when he asked me where you're going, I answered his question the way someone answers a question when they don't have the answer. I answered his question with a question. <laughs> Anybody ever done that to you? My kids are great at doing that. And so I answered his question, where do you want us to go? And with those two questions rolling around in my spirit, I began to ask God for a clear vision. I began to ask God for a vision for our church, but then I began to realize it wasn't just about the church for Weatherford, it was for the church. I didn't want an easy vision. I didn't want a small vision. I wanted a kingdom vision. I wanted a vision. I began to ask God. You ever ask God things and then he gives it to you? And you're like, why in the Sam Hill did I ask for that? And so I, I, I wanted a vision that was impossible without God. I didn't want something that I could do. I didn't want something that our church could do. I didn't want something that five churches to, could do. I wanted something that only God could do. Because when it's only something God can do, only God can take the glory. And only God can be honored. And only God can be praised when it's something only God to do, can do. And so that's when I felt and I heard the voice of the Spirit ask me a third question. What do you see? 
And for several weeks, I wasn't sure what I saw. And several weeks, that question kept going. If you've got kids, all of your kids reach an age where they ask questions about everything, right? And you've, have you ever answered your kids, it's just that way, just accept it. I was watching baseball. I'm a baseball fan. I was watching baseball a couple weeks ago, me and my youngest daughter, Grace, and she's nine. She loves baseball. So we're sitting there watching baseball, and, uh, and she's asking me question after question. Why does he do that? Why did that guy do that? Why did he run there? Why didn't he stop there? Why is he out? Why is he safe? And I'm just, I mean, I can't even enjoy the game because I'm answering all these questions. And I'm sure God felt like that with me. But this question kept rolling over and over in my mind. And then while in prayer and in frustration, because I I didn't feel like I was getting anywhere. I didn't feel like I, I was seeing what God wanted me to see. He kept asking me, what do you see? And I wasn't seeing anything necessarily that fit. And then out of frustration one day and in prayer, I said to God out loud, very loudly, I said, okay, okay, I don't know. I see a hospital. Before I ever pastored, my wife and I were sitting in a conference one day, and we were there in a service, and it was like 45 minutes before the service started, and we're sitting in our seat, and this man of God that we knew him, but we didn't have a, just a close relationship. We just, it was an acquaintance, somebody we knew, he barely knew us. He walked by us, and then he walked by us again, and then he walked by us again, and I was like, okay, obviously, this dude's supposed to tell us something. And he's just randomly walking by us, and he stopped a fourth time, and he turned to us, and he says, you're going to pastor hurting people. And when I spoke those words, I see a hospital. It was like I saw this massive compass. And when the needle for a while was spinning, as I saw this compass, the arrow became fixed. And I knew right then, right then, we had our heading. It was in that moment that I knew we had our heading. Amen. Much like Jack Sparrow. In this, this is kind of how I felt right here. Mr. Gibbs, come. We have our headache. Finally, cast off those lines, weigh anchor, and throw that canvas. As you can tell, we are fans of Pirates of the Caribbean. I apologize. Uh, But God gave me our heading. He pointed our arrow. And it was in that moment that God answered his own question of what we are going to do, where we are going to go, and what we are going to see. Amen. That's my title today. We have our heading And I want to go, then God led me, and you don't have to stand for this, but he led me to Habakkuk, the prophet Habakkuk, chapter 2, 
verse 1 through 3, and it says, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me. And what I shall answer when I am reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Everyone say, write the vision. And make it plain. Man. Make it plain. Make it easy to transfer. Make it easy to pass along. Make it easy. And he says, make it easy Make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. And I realized that this was the appointed time. The time was now. And as the prophet was told to make it plain, I've come today to make it as plain as I can possibly make it. And it's not just for Life City. It's not just for Northgate. It is for the church of the living God. Amen. And Habakkuk 1.1 says this, the burden the burden which Habakkuk, the prophet, did see. Amen. And this is what I saw. Our direction, this vision was given to me as a burden. The heading, our arrow, God pointed the church at the hurting, the hungry, and the hopeless. That was where he pointed us. And as I stand here not as a prophet, but as a pastor. As I saw that hospital, God began to show me the faces of people. I saw their hurts. I saw the brokenness in them. I saw the wounds that they carry in everyday life. I saw their hunger, the emptiness, the voids in their life that only God can fill. I saw that. I saw the hopelessness, the addictions, and the fear, and the shame, and the guilt. I saw those things. God allowed me to see that, much like you would walk through an ER and you would see hurts and you would see wounds, you would see broken legs and you would, you would see open wounds. I saw that as God began to show me this. And as I began to see their faces, my heart broke before God. I was moved by compassion and with compassion as God let me feel what they feel. And I saw the faces of my own church. I saw the faces of my girls' school teachers, of bank tellers, of neighbors. I saw the faces of friends because I realized the hurting and the hopeless and the hungry, such were some of them. And as I, we were worshiping and God was moving in this place, I turned around and I looked across this crowd, knowing just very few of you, and God spoke, such were some of them, hurting, hungry, hopeless. Amen. And it was in that moment, it was when those faces flashed before me that I found my way to Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3. 
And he said, call unto me and I will answer you. Not only is he going to answer, he says, I will show you great and mighty things, things which you don't even know. He didn't say... I'm going to show you great and mighty things, things that you've never seen. He says, I'm going to show you things you don't even know are possible. I'm going to reveal things to you that you have never been revealed with before. I am going to show you my power in ways that you didn't even know I could work. Amen. And so I realized We must decide, the church must decide to pursue this burden with intentionality. Amen? With passion, with compassion that only a merciful God can give. Because the broadness and importance of this must grip us. It must become a burden that we pick up and carry. This is not just for your leadership. This is not just for your pastors. This is not just for those who hold a position in a church. This is for every single one of us. Why? Why is it so important to pick up this burden and run with it? Because the hurting and the hungry and the hopeless are not limited to a single skin color. They're not limited to a single ethnicity, a single language. It's not limited to believer or non-believer. So neither is the burden and neither is the vision. And God has opened my eyes and the burden in front of me is not numbers, it's not land, it's not buildings, it's people. The burden is people. The vision is people. (laughs) Amen. Because our vision and the pursuit of it does not stop when a number is reached and seats are filled. Amen. It doesn't stop when a property is paid for, and I believe that's going to happen. It doesn't stop when a building is built. Amen. Because it's bigger than a number. It's bigger, it's greater than the purchase of land or the completion of a building. This is an eternal vision. This is a kingdom of God burden that he has put on the church, the global church. This is leading people to the throne of grace and a place of mercy and forgiveness. That's what this is. This is about salvation of the souls of your city, of your community, of the region. That's what this is. This is the valley of dry bones coming to life before us. This is seeing what God desires to do in every single life. Amen. Because eternity is at stake here. That's what this is about. Eternity is at stake. This is not time to play church. It is the appointed time to be the church. Amen. When you come to this building, it shouldn't be about something you just do every Sunday. This should be about tapping into the burden that God has placed on the global church to reach the lost. Jesus said, I have come to seek and to save them that are lost. Amen. And so we are the propitiation of that mission, of that vision of Jesus Christ to reach those who need him, those that are hurting and hungry and hopeless. Amen. And so when our goals are met, the church will still have a heading. 
Amen. When ministries are started, the church will still have a heading. When notes are paid off, we will still have a heading. When buildings are completed, we will still have a heading because our direction is not land, it's not buildings, it's not ministries, it's always going to be people. And God has called the church to be about the Father's business of reaching people. Amen. And that will happen on land, yes. That will happen in buildings like this beautiful building, yes. But it will also happen in living rooms, in restaurants, in coffee shops, on work sites, in mission fields. That's where it's going to continue. And anywhere else you meet somebody that is in need of God. Why? Because God did not call us to cathedrals. He called us to the hearts and the minds and the souls of people. Amen. And I know your pastor and your assistant pastor and the heart of your leadership, I feel, has always been pointed towards people. Church planning starts with people. And so follow your shepherds, and they'll lead you to the heart of God. Amen. And that's what's going to happen because this vision, this burden is not facilitated by a single church. It's not facilitated by a single location or a single pastor. This will require everyone. This will require you. This is not about being a spectator. This is about being a participator. Amen. This is about being involved and invested. Amen. We don't need people to come and just fill a seat. We need people that will come and fulfill a mission and the commission of making disciples and reaching the lost and talking to your neighbor and talking to your co-worker and praying for them and stepping out in courage and stepping out in boldness. And this is not about those who just walk through the doors of this building. This is about those whose doors you walk into. Amen. And that's why we have the scripture in Acts that says he doesn't dwell in temples made with man's hands. Amen. And scriptures in Corinthians that talk about, know you not that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. I mean, that's why we have those. It's never about where we dwell. It's always been about what dwells within us. Amen. Because it's about the hurt and the brokenness in your life that no one sees. It's about the hunger and the emptiness that nothing in this world can fill. It's about the hopelessness and the fear that you mask. And God is desiring to dwell and work within, and he wants to start right here in this place this morning. Amen. Because you cannot lead someone to a place you've never been. Amen. And so God is desiring to work in your life right here today. He's desiring to heal the hurts that you have. He's desiring to fill the hunger that you have. He's desiring to remove the hopelessness that you feel. Amen. And he wants to do that today so that you can then lead someone else to a place of healing, to a place of fulfillment, 
to a place of hope. Amen. He wants to work. He wants to move that burden in you and birth that burden in you so that you will carry it and you will run with it and you can impact those that God has brought into your life. Because the truth is this. You sit in this beautiful building, and it's a beautiful building. I love this building. But don't let this beautiful building be what moves you. The land that it sits on, don't let those things move you. Be moved with compassion for people. Amen. Because the truth is this. The truth is that the hungry are sitting right beside you. The truth is that the hurting are sitting in front of you and behind you. Amen. That's the truth of it. The truth is the hopeless shook your hand this morning as you came in here. You know why you didn't see it? Because we've grown accustomed to covering it. We've, co we've grown accustomed of putting jackets over it and putting clothes over it and putting a smile over it. We've grown accustomed to masking the hurts in us and we've grown accustomed to masking the hopelessness. Somebody in this place woke up this morning and you were gripped with fear. Somebody woke up this morning and you're here today and so we assume that all is good in your life but you have been gripped with shame and guilt of your past and somebody is, is here this morning and you've got an emptiness in you that nothing in this world everything that you've tried has not filled but you have come today so that just maybe just maybe you'll come into a building that has the answer the building is not the answer but the God that abides in this building is the answer for your emptiness today, for your hunger today, for your hurts today. Amen. And so we come and we become accustomed and we learn how to lift our hands so the hurt don't spill out. And we come and we learn how to sing songs and so the pain don't get exposed. But that's the point of all of this is to expose the hunger, is to expose the pain, the hurts, the voids, the emptiness, the hopelessness. Why? Amen so that the one who does not dwell in temples made with man's hands can dwell in you. Amen. That's what it's about as your musicians come this morning. I wonder if you would close your eyes. There is a need in your life today that God is desiring to meet. There is a need in your heart today because as I mentioned earlier, the hurting and the hungry and the hopeless are not limited to those who just don't go to church. Somebody here in this place, you have been wounded. 
You have been hurt in a relationship. You've been hurt by somebody you trusted. And you've carried that hurt from place to place. And you have felt at times because of that hurt, because of that pain, you have felt hopeless like you would never receive healing. That that wound would always come back and people will always fail you and, 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 and things will, always, will, will never get better. Well, I'm here to tell you today, if you simply have the courage to let him in, he will heal that hurt. That wound, that scar in your life can be eternally healed in this place today. Some of you here, somebody is here, that you've come and you know God and you have a relationship with Him, but there's something in you that desires more. There's a hunger in your life that desires something deeper. And if you would just have the courage to let Him, He will lead you into the deep things of the Spirit this morning. And He will fulfill every hunger of your yearning, of your soul, of your heart, and of your life. Somebody walked in without hope. You woke up because of an addiction that you've hidden, because of fear gripping your life, because of shame and guilt tearing at the very fiber of your soul. You walked into this place maybe as a last-ditch last effort, maybe as the last straw, maybe because you were invited, maybe you saw something. I don't know why you're here, but God has brought you here. It's not by coincidence or accident. You're here by the divine order of God. He intended it that it would happen. And He is here to give you hope. He is here to heal you. So I'm going to close today as you stand with me. And I'm going to close with a statement. And then a question. question is this will you have the courage to let the God that dwells in temples made not from man's hands heal you today I'm not talking about your cold I'm talking about the hurt you've carried for decades. You say, ah, man. This is not about everyone's perception of you. This is about God's knowledge of you. What does God know about you? that no one else does? What are the places in your life that God is desiring to dwell that you have resisted because it just opens up a place that is too tender? Amen. It takes courage to open that door. 
But as we read in Revelations, he said, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear the voice of the Lord knocking today, I invite you to step out from where you're at and I invite you to come around the altar of this church and I invite you to receive your healing. Receive that fulfillment of the hunger that's been yearning and burning in your life. Gain that hope. And then my question is this. The prophet Habakkuk was told to write the vision, make it plain, so that they would run with it. My question is this. Who's going to run with this burden? Who's going to run with it? Who's going to pick it up? And ask God to show you the faces that He's sending you to. Amen. Who's willing? I feel the burden in this place this morning. I see it on every face. Amen. Will you respond? Will you help your pastor fulfill a burden that's greater than just one church, just two churches? Would you step out today and allow God to place something on you that only eternity will lift off?